Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to listen to our podcast. For more information about us, you may visit our website at biblicalquestion.com. We will tell you the web address again at the show's end. We encourage you to open your Bible and follow along as we study the Bible. Now here is your host, Joseph. Well, hello there, and welcome to the podcast. We're excited you take taking time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray you as our listener uh, would be edified, Christ would be glorified. I do encourage you to please visit our webpage when you get time and check that out. We're trying really hard to keep that up and going. And so we pray that we will continue to be able to bless a worldwide audience with a message each and every week. Please tell others about us and tell them how you found us, and we certainly hope and pray it would be a positive review. Make sure to hit that like button as you're listening on your favorite podcasting app. Today we're going to talk about striving for God's blessings, striving for God's blessings, and we will be in the book of Genesis chapter 32, and we will start around verse 24. This will be the thrust of this podcast. And so if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along as we go through this podcast. So like I said, today we're going to look at a life of a man uh, who's really nothing more than a deceiver. We're going to examine his life. Uh, We're going to learn how his life was changed for the better. We're going to find out how Jacob received a blessing from God that completely changed his life. And so today I pray that as we go through the scriptures that we will be able to understand that we all fall short of God's plan and how we too can receive a life-changing blessing. So again, I encourage you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 32 as we begin our podcast. And I'm going to be reading here starting out of the New American Standard, starting in verse 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Before we can understand how and why Jacob's life was changed, uh, we must first look at his past. And I'm just going to try to do a quick overview or background uh, of Jacob's life up to this point. So uh, if you have a Bible open, you can kind of thumb back a page or two and probably pick up where I'm just kind of summarizing. But clear back in chapter uh, 28, verses 10 through 22 is kind of where going to be, Jacob's first encounter with God would be found here in this chapter 28. Jacob cannot believe of what God has really told him. He, He turns into this kind of a bargain. If God does what he says he would do, then he will be my God. God wants to bless his people. And, and I don't care where you are, where you live. There is a place, a blessing for all of us. I don't really care who you are. God wants to pour out his blessings upon all of us. And so in this podcast, I want us to learn from the story of Jacob. It is the most unlikely place in the most unusual way that God uh, would come uh, in this unlikely prospect. And he blessed him there. If a man like Jacob Jacob, excuse me, can experience the blessing of God, 
I know there's hope for me. And if there's hope for me, there's hope for you. But now he's coming home. You see, after many years uh, earlier, Jacob had stole basically the blessings uh, from Esau. And his mother, Rebekah, uh, was going to send him uh, after send for him after Esau calmed down. Excuse me here, but but there is nothing in the Bible that says that she ever sent word that it was safe for him to come home. But God tells Jacob basically to go home. That many years have passed, uh, and so Jacob is returning home, and he was afraid that his brother still might want to kill him. I mean, think about this. Your younger brother stole your family inheritance right out from under you. And Esau, probably really rightfully so, was pretty upset. And Jacob undoubtedly feared for his life to return home. Now, Jacob would come uh, to uh, a river, and he will cross it, and he's entering into what he would call Esau's territory. So hoping to kind of maybe calm his brother uh, down a little bit, show there's no hard feelings type of idea, so that uh, his brother wouldn't kill him, he starts sending gifts across this river ahead of him. He would send his servants with gifts for Esau. And if you read this in chapter 32, uh, he would send uh, 220 goats, 220 sheep, 300 camels, 40 cows, 10 bulls, and 30 donkeys. And, and as Jacob was making these preparations, he said to himself, if I, if I pacify him with these gifts I'm sending ahead, later when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. And that's Genesis 32, verse 20. And later that night, he sends his wives and his sons across the river, and finally, he sent the rest of his servants with the rest of the provisions across, and Jacob was left alone. And so I want us to trace the path that God uh, would lead to the, these blessings. And we're going to do that right after this. Do you enjoy our weekly podcast? Though many of our listeners around the world in poverty-stricken nations aren't financially able to support our podcast, if you are able, we'd be grateful for your help. We offer several ways to help support the podcast on our website. Would you be in prayerful consideration in your cheerful donation or purchasing through one of our affiliates? Thank you for listening, and may He have the glory. So we're back. So remember, we just read this verse 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. So the first point I really want to make, to, to be blessed, we must be, we must leave everything behind. The, this river enters in, uh, into the Jordan River, and then it goes downriver into the Sea of Galilee and the, and the Dead Sea. And Jacob's family had just crossed uh, the, the Jacob, just, uh, and that's J-A-B-B-O-K River, just east of where it enters into the Jordan River. All his wealth, all his wives, all his children, his animals, his, his workers were gone. And Jacob is left alone. For some reason, Jacob remained 
on this opposite bank from his family. And why is this? I've asked that question every time I read and try to study this part of the scriptures. Uh, he was clearly conscious that he has a crisis that's coming to his life. And anything might happen on the next morning on the other side of that river with Esau. And his 400 men arrived, Jacob prayed and prayed and planned. And now there was nothing more for him to do. And yet there he was. He's in the darkness at night, all alone, with all the events of the past clearly before him. And with all these possibilities coming the next day well in view, why is he there alone? I know many commentators and sermons I've heard over the years say something along the line that he was most likely on guard, just in case Esau's army attacked at night. Only would he be there seen protecting his family from death, and, and honestly, I would have to say it was, this is just what God wanted him to be, was alone. He needed to be alone to get some things right with God. Jacob really feared for his life. And I believe that Jacob needed to be alone, uh, and he's looking and he's expecting God to come help him. Before we can expect anything from God, we must be alone with God. We must forfeit it all. Nothing that we have can stop us from getting that blessing from God. Uh, my friends, listeners, blessings for a Christian is none other than Jesus. I mean, Jesus came to this earth, he suffered, he bled, he died, and he rose from that grave. And now he's sitting on his throne. Jesus said, all that forfeit all will follow him, and then we will inherit the in kingdom of God. It, and so, listeners, if we give it all away and we acknowledge that we have nothing, praise God. We have eternal life, and that is the greatest blessing of all. I mean, we're, we're promised if, if, we, if we go to Christ, we will have these things. Now, Jacob was looking for the same kind of blessing. Jacob wanted to, to be spared from the death that he knew that God was planning in the only way that was to stay alive, was to get through right with God. And he's, he's on this prayer all night. Uh, look here at verse 24 again. I mean, chapter 32, verse 24, goes in on to say that while Jacob was alone, a man came and wrestled with him until dawn. Now, the identity of this man was a secret at first, but as you read down a little further in the text, we will find this was no ordinary man. This was none other than the angel uh, of God. Jacob had no way of knowing what was happening when this match really would begin, nor uh, does the text really reveal to us as we study and read through this uh, that it's anything other than a human match. But since we learn that Jacob's opponent was really God himself, what could the text possibly mean when it says that he saw and he prevailed not against him? Perhaps it is a humbling of himself 
that God has come to Jacob with some type of even terms. I mean, look back in the scriptures again when we picked up the last part of verse 24. And there wrestled a man with him until breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the, the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And as he wrestled with him, he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob and this mysterious person began to wrestle. The Bible doesn't give us how long they actually wrestled. From the looks of it, as you study, they wrestled for quite a while. And the man soon noticed that he was not winning this fight, so he touched Jacob's hip. And when he touches his hip, it pops out a joint. You know, I, I remember visiting a lady in the hospital years ago uh, whose hip got separated. It, you know, they had to go back into the hospital and, and uh, surgically fix all of that. But notice what Jacob did. This, this mysterious person touches his hip, and it's separated. But Jacob just keeps on fighting. Jacob has this really strong will, and it's now very obvious he knew he was fighting with someone stronger than mortal man. And there aren't too many men I know that can just touch someone and break a bone. But Jacob kept fighting. And this man realizes that dawn is approaching, so he tells Jacob to let him go. And then, as you keep reading here, uh, it says, I'm not going to let you go. I mean, Jacob said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm winning this wrestling match. I will not let you go until you bless me. Now, again, it's clear that Jacob knows this man was a heavenly being, I think, at this point now. Whether he knows it's God or not, that this man has divine powers, you know, I, I'm not real sure, to be honest. But Jacob, in his wording, says, you have to bless me. And he kept holding on, despite of his broken hip, until he got the most uh, desperate thing that he wanted was his blessing. And so, listeners, this man said to Jacob, notice, you have struggled with God and with men, and you have won. You see, God wants us to win. It is possible you could win in whatever you are struggling with right now. Perhaps you're struggling with God in your faith. Maybe you have health issues, marital issues, people at school being bullies, struggling with work issues. I mean, we all have them. We all wrestle with sins each and every day. And if we really are Christian, we're struggling and wrestling with the, the darts from the evil one, the, the tempter. And God wants these fights in our lives to make us stronger so that we can win these fights with God and bless and get, have the blessings from God. When those times get hard and you're spiritually hurt, you're physically hurt, and you have to hold on to strive and push forward to win. 
the scriptures say for those who preserve to the end will be saved. We are all rest in this wrestling match continuously, and we have to hold on. We have to want to be blessed by God. We have to keep fighting off these attacks from the evil one. And to win, we must know the word of God. We must have a prayer life. And we need to have each other. A, a third point I want to make is we, we must have a change of heart. Again, 30, chapter 32, uh, verses 27 through 30. Verses 27 through 30. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Verse 28, he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place for what he said, I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been preserved. The fight is still continuing with Jacob. And Jacob had to say his name. What is your name? God said, you know, again, ask and stands for this character. This, this is not a superficial question here. It's not an easy question. I'm sure that a correct answer is as important and open and honest and a submissive answer. But the answer would be, you know who I am. Lord, show me who I am. Psalm 139. But Jacob simply said, my name is Jacob. I am a deceiver. I'm a gossiper. I mean, that's kind of really what his name really means. The great problem in, in life is, is not our circumstances, but our heart. Jacob felt his life was filled with problems. He was exhausted from fighting Laban and now worn out thinking about having to comfort Esau. But what Jacob doesn't realize is the greatest battle that was being waged was the one waged in his own heart. The ultimate issue was this. Who will be in charge? Jacob wanted God's blessings, but did not want God's ownership of his life. He wanted God to bail him out in the hard times, but he did not want to submit to God in his living. Jacob had a, a, a surface faith that was that he wanted the benefits of God, but not a relationship with God. We have that in the church. Jacob's problem was not his impeding meeting of Esau. His real problem was his superficial relationship with the God, creator of the universe. Yes, there's a lot of horrible and tragic things going on in this world. And they really are, they, they're just heartbreaking. But maybe they need to break our will as well. Maybe these things uh, will showcase us to us the desperate need that we have of God to bring comfort and strength to those things that break our hearts. 
and bring a meaningful and purpose to our life. To bring guidance and a daily decision in our life. To bring forgiveness. To bring a new life to our souls. It's beyond this grave. It is called eternal life. The hard times hopefully will get us to see that the greatest need is not deliverance from the hard times, but maybe deliverance from ourselves. I think this is what God is trying to tell Jacob, or trying to get to find out from Jacob. God knows where Jacob's heart is. He knows where my heart is, and he knows where your heart is. But maybe Jacob did not know where his heart was at the time. And if we want to be blessed by God, we're going to have to have a change of heart. We're going to need to repent and live a faithful life to Christ. Jacob heard God say this new name for him. Your name is Israel. You have prevailed with God. In Revelation chapter 2, the risen Savior promises the church that those who overcome will be given a white stone, and that stone, a name, will be written on it that no one knows except the one who receives it. Mysterious language, perhaps. But God is interested in changing us from who we are to what he has in mind and what he wants us to become. And we can be certain that our name will be a glorious name. God glorified Jacob with a new name. And the question for us is, would you rather be a, a heel grasper or a prince with God? To be blessed, we must be walk, willing to walk a new way. Again, verses 31 and 32. The last thing in this text I really want us to see is the new way that Jacob walked. And as he passed over, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel did not eat, in which the shank of which in the hollow part of the thigh to this day, because he touched the hollow at Jacob's thigh, and the snew of that, of that shrank. So, I know, I probably just slaughtered those words. But notice the text. He halted upon his thigh. Basically, he limped. He, he, he hobbled around. Jacob, a rich man with wise children, a mighty possession, and he walked with his head held high with an arrogant walk. But not anymore. Jacob is now walking with a limp. He had fought with God and he had won. And he said he would not stop fighting until God gave him a blessing that he requested. So he was a blessed man. He, he still had the pain still with him because he's still limping. But listeners, when, when we have been blessed by God, we cannot strut any longer. It, it, it's, it's time that we... Get up out of our pews and start walking. Stop being bench warmers. When God blesses us, we are not the same. We once walked full of sin and, and deceit and wickedness, 
But once we become a Christian, we have been blessed by God and we cannot continue to walk in that type of lifestyle. Does it mean we're not going to have falls? Where anybody walking, especially the older you get, you find yourself tripping and falling over your own feet. But once we were lost to sin, Jesus has made us whole. He has cleansed us with his blood, and we need to start walking in the light of Christ. You and I cannot cover up what God has given to us. You know, I don't know how many people, I've heard this, and it just irritates the daylights out of me. Jacob walking with this limp because he had wrestled with God, and the whole world could see it. Can the whole world see your Christian light? Are you reflecting the light of Christ? You know, I, I hear at work, I leave my Christian beliefs at the door. No, you can't do that. Jesus would say so in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. I mean, read that. That is a core base of Christianity. You can find a Sermon on the Mount weaved throughout the New Testament. We need to understand our light should shine before men. A lamp on a hill, you don't cover it up. You want it up on that hill so that the light can go way out and touch the darkness around it. I want all of us to have a blessing from God. The question is, do we want to be blessed? Do we want to strive for this new life? Do we want to have a change of heart? And I, I know every once in a while I get an email, I'll say something that's contradicting to what they've learned in their own churches somewhere, their own denomination somewhere. And yet, I'll just be blunt honest here. don't care about denominations and what other people have taught. I only care what the Word of God says. And that's not always being politically correct. It's not always getting along with your neighbor. and get. I'm not saying that we should go out and want to pick fights with everybody. But if you are that light that you are supposed to be, people will see that light. And either they're going to run and stay in the darkness, or they're going to come to that light and say, I want that light. It's so much safer here. I have protection here. It's where God is, and it's where God wants me to be. Just as can we all get along idea, well, I mean, that might be all good and all, but in the fact is Jesus did not get along with everybody. I don't know that Jesus went out of his way to pick fights with everybody, but he stood up for what was true. And if he would walk in your church or congregation today, would he recognize it as being scripturally correct? Or is it politically correct? Because, see, the same issues were going on in the days of Jesus. Jesus chose to be biblically, scripturally correct. And that's what caused him a lot of heartaches and would eventually lead, really, to his crucifixion because the political establishment of the day did not like that. 
because it went against their flow and what they wanted. They wanted their power. They wanted control of the people, uh, money, popularity, all those type of things. And so I hope and pray that if you're really seeking out God, that you would find a church. And I like to use the word congregation better. Find a congregation that is teaching the entire word of God. They are trying to make everybody who walks in those doors a complete person in God. Not just in the favorite topic. Not just their favorite verse. Not just whatever. But the entire word of God. And if you study out the entire word of God and you wrestle with God in his word, you're going to start to see yourself in a new light. You're going to see how much of a sinner we really are. You're going to start walking, perhaps with a limp. Maybe you'll have a different walk altogether, and people will see that, and they will know that something has changed in your life. I would do everything I could to try to help you find that congregation. I make zero promises, because I know, and I've been there, and, and congregations that I just had to shake my head. Sometimes they wanted to listen. Sometimes they didn't. Uh, doesn't mean that I was always right in every situation. But if we're not going to study the Word of God and accept the entire Word of God as being His law for us to live by, we're in trouble. Find a congregation that really truly believes in, in partaking of the Lord's Supper every week. Not just Christmas and Easter. Not using bread and water. I mean, I'll be honest about it. I love ice cream and cake. I wish that's what we could do every Sunday. But that's not what it is. It's the fruit of the vine. Unleavened bread. Each and every week, the apostles gather together for the purpose of breaking bread. In other words, having the Lord's Supper. And so perhaps that's a podcast that I need to do down the road again. I've been a while since I've done one on the Lord's Supper. If you're new to this podcast, please go back and listen to our previous ones. You can do that as long as I have the web page up and can afford to keep it up. You can listen to every one of them there. I know you can do it on your favorite podcasting app. So I would encourage you to do so. Study and pray and wrestle with God in his word. Ask him to show you the correct congregations. There's a lot out there. And you can go church shopping just like you can for clothes and groceries. And you can find your favorite food. You can find your favorite designer jeans. And you can find whatever church appeases you. Again, I want to thank you for listening. I certainly hope and pray that you would tell others about us. You'll hit that like button and follow us. Uh, we've been blocked and locked out. We're in Facebook jail again. Probably, honestly, we'll just not worry about social media anymore. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, I want to thank you for listening. Again, I do appreciate you. Uh, pray always for this mission as we really do touch the hearts and lives of people in persecuted countries. It's amazing how many people listen in those countries over 
a free society like the USA. Again, I want to thank you for listening, and may God bless you, and may He have the glory. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to hit the like button and follow us on your podcasting app. Please check out our website at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. In addition, we have a prayer request page, a way of contacting us, a statement of faith, and other resources for our listeners. Do you have a Bible question you would like answered on a future podcast or prayer request? We would be honored to hear from you and add your prayer request to our list so others may pray for you. Subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on our social media accounts. Again, that is biblicalquestion.com. Thank you and may he have the glory.